Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. right the evil empire is back we're back to making those big moves nobody thought we would did i say we i apologize i meant the yankees <laughs> that's right 303 on this thursday morning the yankees got juan soto you heard the clip of uh Sala, the head coach of the jets talking about what he thought was the best chance to win maybe we'll find some time for that we do have tomorrow on a football friday we'll get more into it Today, I'm going to enjoy talking to Yankee fans who should be freaking pumped. Uh, Let's not talk about the misery that is the Jet fan and how a coach can honestly try and tell you that he went to a player at a position that he thought did not give him the best chance to win, but he did it anyway, looking for a spark. Amazing. Amazing. Let's not talk about that nonsense. Let's talk about Juan Soto and the New York Yankees. And let's talk about Judge for a second. Let me just talk about this for a second because the concern for many Yankee fans is that now Judge, with Verdugo really not being a center fielder, and a caller just mentioned this about wanting Kiermaier instead of Verdugo, with Soto being a poor outfielder overall, wherever you put him, and Verdugo being a legitimately good, not great, but good uh, corner outfielder, I think he'll end up playing left field, and you'll see Soto in right field because of the the bigger left field and the smaller right field, obviously, with the porch, and you're going to see Judge a lot in center field. The concern is Judge, who's had a share of injuries, uh, getting up in age and his body frame and body type to be running around in center field is not ideal and you need to protect him. And I get all that, but I'm not so concerned about it this year. As long as the toe is healthy and running isn't an issue, and assuming if it were, it doesn't matter where he's running, but he'd run more in center field. But assuming the toe and all that is fine, I'm not so concerned. He's been hurt playing right field. I mean, he's more likely to go into the wall in that short porch than he is in center field necessarily. More shots you would think, you know, small fly balls chasing him back to the wall and the corner running for a ball down the line, running into a wall. And that's really where he's been hurt so far. Knock on wood. Judge has not been Stanton with the hamstring or the calf muscle. Like it, it hasn't been soft tissue damage for him other than a couple of years ago with a oblique strain. Mostly it's been fastball off the hand, broken wrist. Um, obviously running into the gate in the wall in Dodger Stadium, diving for a ball and breaking a rib. All of those injuries happened in right field or at the batter's box. He has not been hurt just running. He hasn't been hurt just running the bases. He hasn't been hurt running in center field. That's Stanton and some different people who have those soft you know, hamstring, calf muscle pulls, that kind of thing. He's been mainly hurt by lumbering and playing the game of baseball hard, and that won't change no matter what position he plays. So... Yeah, over the course of his career, I said career like Joe Beningo. Over the course of his career, uh, would I like him to be a center fielder? No. But I think for half a season, maybe a little bit more, to wait until Dominguez comes back and work in the DH and work in different things and maybe get his feet off uh, with with, uh, Trent Grisham. Uh, taken over for defense, whether it's to take him out in center field or to move him over to right and, and play center field, whatever the case may be. I think they can work it out where I'm not overly concerned about injury issues with Judge. If Judge was Stanton and it was like he's pulling he's pulling muscles running, I'd feel differently. 
But he's banging into walls, getting hit by pitches, diving for balls. That happens anywhere you play. And actually, he's more likely to run into a wall playing a corner position than he is in center field. So I'm I'm less concerned about that, and I know how good he is. And without question, it would be the best defensive lineup for the New York Yankees. So that's the one thing about this deal and this new revamped uh, outfield of Verdugo, Soto, and Judge. Judge is forced to play center field in that lineup. Doesn't matter to me. Not for one year. He can't be the future center fielder for this team, and I don't like it regularly. But for for a little bit more than half of one season with ways to you know navigate around it as best you can, I'm open to it, and I don't think it's a big deal. It's better than putting Verdugo out there, who I don't think who I don't think can play the position. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Chauncey and Edison, what's up, Chauncey? Hey, Mac. how are you? Good, buddy. Um, actually, how are you? Yeah, popping my cherry with you, big dog. Let's go. Uh, so. I have two points. Yankee point, Soto, beautiful, amazing. My one thing is, maybe when his arbitration uh, hearing rolls around, they just say yes, unlike Judge and insulting the young who, man if who, you want to retain him. Who are we talking about? So, Soto? Soto. His arbit- there, there is no more arbitration. He won't go to arbitration hearing with the Yankees. I thought that... Uh, oh, he's on arbitration he eligible this year? Yeah, you're right. I don't think they... Well, one, it's he's not... He hasn't been with the Yankees. I don't think it would be bitter, whatever the case may be. But, yeah, no, I think he's such a player where it gets almost dictated. Like, I, I don't think – I agree with you. This this coming season, arbitration is a free agent at the end of the year. Um, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think, they, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't think that's going to be a problem. judge over a million dollars or whatever the nonsense was Yeah, but it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't happen. Like, ultimately, it didn't happen. They agreed to his number. Or they, 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 they came to a, an agreement on it. So I'm not too worried about it. And then my second thing is, um, I'm not trying to dig at the Mets or anything. Steve Cohen became a mega businessman by making smart decisions. Yes. So this idea that he's always just going to light money on fire is not realistic. And we've seen it come to play now, you know, in the, the fourth year he's on the team. Um a lot of my friends are Mets fans, and I try to speak reasonably. You know, like, I don't hate the Mets. Whatever. But uh, let's but go out. And I, get I, 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 yeah, well, listen, I, listen, I, I, and I'm looking forward to the battle. I'm looking forward to the battle. I'm looking forward now, especially. I've been, I've been buoyed by the, the, the trade for Soto. I'm feeling good about it. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to Mets versus Yankees because right now, let's be honest. I'll be totally honest with you. Let's be fair. The Yankees are in far less. If the Yankees lose on Yamamoto, they got Soto. It's not. I'm. I'm still not thrilled. They do need starting pitching, and I got my hopes up that the Yankees will go out and get them. But they are coming from at least now a little bit of a strength where it's not a dire. If they missed out on Soto and didn't make that trade, or he went somewhere else, God forbid, Yamamoto would be life or death. And that's kind of how it feels like it is for the Mets. This is the off season. I don't know if it's life or death necessarily, but they don't have a rotation. This off season is an absolute bust. If they don't get Yamamoto, they desperately need him. Could they pivot to a Montgomery? I suppose they could, but they are all in on on Yamamoto. There's no question about it. So do I think that Steve Cohen will willy-nilly write checks for everyone and constantly burn through money and doesn't care? No. Do I think he'll pick and choose and target certain people where he won't be denied? Yes. Yes. That's what he's going to do. That's kind of what the Yankees do. Whatever you think of the Yankees and they don't go get this, that they don't get, get that guy, it, it's because they don't target him. Very, very rarely do they miss or do they get outbid or do they not get the guy they want. 
They've when they target people, they go out and spend money. And I think they've targeted Yamamoto in this offseason to be a, to be a Yamasoto offseason, and they're going to go out and do it. But there is no question that w- he flew to Japan. He took the, him and David Stearns packed up the van, flew down to Japan to meet Yamamoto. He means business. He is going to offer more money than the New York Yankees. There is there is no doubt. How much more? I don't know. And will it be enough? to convince Yamamoto to not be a Yankee? If the thought process Yamamoto wants to be a Yankee, ultimately, all things being equal. Now, obviously, the brand means a lot in Japan. Obviously, Matsui, Tanaka, Hiroki Kuroda, these are all guys the Yankees have planned to talk or visit with and communicate with Yamamoto and some of the success they've had in this building and with this team. It sounds like he would rather be a Yankee. I think even Met fans would probably agree with that. On some level, you're still the younger brother. Deal with it on some aspects. So I think even the Met fan has kind of come to the conclusion that they're going to have to be the highest bidder if they want to win. The Yankees don't have to be the highest bidder to win this. If they did, they wouldn't win it. Steve Cohen's going to target Yamamoto and give him everything. Here's the question. Will Hal keep up at all? Because right now it seems like when it first came out, it was uh, around $200 million. Then it's been uh, 250 Within a week, it's been bumped up to talking about $300 million for this guy who's never pitched a day in Major League Baseball. Not a day. Not a game. Not a pitch. We have no idea how he would be here. We assume, and I think it's a fair assumption, but we don't know. And are you going to be willing to give him $300 million? Are the Yankees, and it sounds like they are, according to reports, are they going to be willing to blow past the Steve Cohen luxury tax threshold and spend you know all this money on every other dollar and then go give a $500 million contract to Soto next year? I mean, this is where the Yankees are right now. Are they willing to be the Death Star? Are they willing to do this? Because you know Steve Cohen will go $300 million. You know he will. He'll, I mean, the Yankees have to be close. The Yankees can't get offered 260 and have, you know, Steve Cohen outbid them by 60, 70 million dollars. They have to be right in the ballpark. Can they can they hang? There is a number Steve Cohen won't go. He's I don't think he'll be overbid. I was talking about this yesterday. Steve Phillips, the former GM of the Mets, talked about why they specifically, even back when the Wilpon spent some money, why they specifically did not target the same uh free agents as the Yankees. He thought it was a losing endeavor. He thought if they won. They would have to overpay because the price had been escalated with the the bidding war between them and the Yankees. And so even if they got the player, they felt like they gave more than they were comfortable with. And then if they lost, they lost to the crosstown rival and are cheaper. So they never felt it was in their interest to really go after a Matsui, even though they dabbled in it, or to go over a, go after a Mike Mussina, even though they dabbled in it. Because ultimately they would have had to overpay what they believed was Mike Mussina's worth And if they lost, publicly knowing they did everything they could to sign him, then they were beat by the big, bad, more expensive New York Yankees. So it never felt like a winning endeavor for the Mets prior to Steve Cohen. Now you know this guy will just lay the check on the table. It's going to be bigger than the Yankees. How much cachet do the the pinstripes have? How much does Yamamoto put a value on being a New York Yankee? Which brings a lot, more than just being... The, the the pinstripes and the spectacle in the town. Now you've got now you've got Soto, you've got Judge. I, I think the Mets can be a fine team. They've been publicly talking about stepping back for a year. Whether they're going to do it or not, we'll find out. Yamamoto would mean 
it's probably more stepping forward than they even admitted at the trade deadline. But right now, this is a team that had a losing season and not their first in 40 years like the New York Yankees. So it's not just the pinstripes. I hate to tell you this, Met fans, and I'm not trying to pick on you, but the Yankees give them a much better chance of winning. They're the New York Yankees, and if you don't see it that way because you suddenly see the owner and where the Yankees have been, and blah, just track record from afar. He's not with us every day. He's not on sports talk radio. He doesn't know all the ins and outs of everything. He, you know, he doesn't he doesn't realize they passed on Bryce Harper and oh my god. He looks at the Yankees and in the postseason every single year and have a tradition of winning over and over and over again. He looks at the Mets and like, wow, they had one good year a couple years ago. So it's not just the pinstripes, it's the winning culture. Steve Cohen is in a battle. Against Babe Ruth, can he win? 877-337-6666. Frank, in the pa- Frank Palisades Park. What's up, Frank? Hey, Chris. Uh, glad to hear you're very, very happy about this. I'm a Yankees fan. I'm yes. also happy about this. Oh, How could but, you not be happy about this? But yeah, I'm about to tell you. I'm sorry, but i gotta be got to be the rain on your parade here. This could have gone a lot better for the Yankees. But Brian Cashman had to be... Smarter than he thought he was. Remember when he traded Jordan Montgomery away for for Hader? For Bader, yeah. And the Yankees, if that if that trade never went through, yeah, we could have used Montgomery when this year to make the trade for Soto, and we could have kept Michael tra- King. How, no, how are you going to do that? What are you talking about? Instead of instead of instead Montgomery's of Montgomery's a free King, agent. How can you trade a free agent? No, before. He's not a free agent. He's your, Montgomery's uh, a free oh, okay. agent. Montgomery's uh, okay. not Texas private. Montgomery's a free agent. Montgomery's free to find sign. They traded Bader for one and a half years of Montgomery. And Bader helped them more in the playoffs than Montgomery would have two years ago. So I listen, it wasn't a good trade. Montgomery's a better player than 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 Bader is, and Bader's been cut. But I, I'm sorry. If people get hung up on it. I am not crying over losing one year of, of uh, and it was a great year. And he would have helped them last year, but was Montgomery going to take them to the promised land? Was Montgomery going to change this 82-80 and 80 season last year? They still had the worst offense in the league. They traded Bader because they thought he would be a better performer for a team that was going to win 99 games and win a division in the postseason. And by the way, he was. They were right on that. The guy had a 1.2 OPS in the postseason, in both series, he was the only guy to hit against against uh, against the Astros. The only guy. If Judge hit like Bader, they'd been playing in the World Series. Bader was unbelievable. And then he was terrible this year to the point where they released him to save some money. And ultimately, the better player went to the Cardinals, who had him for a year and then traded him away. And he was brilliant in the postseason, and he's earned himself a ton of money. But I'm so I I can't cry about a trade they made to help their offense that was more needed than another starting pitcher in a year where they were going to the playoffs, and that player was their best offensive player. I I, I can't cry about that the way the Yankee fans do. It's a disappointing trade because Bader ended up becoming nothing, and Montgomery became much better. Overall, it's a losing trade, but it's not one I'm going to cry about. Bader had a Bader was a playoff performer. I had a caller yesterday call me up about it. How many guys can you say are playoff performers for the New York Yankees? 
over the last handful of years. Point to me the guys you know that have performed well. Bader's been their best postseason player besides Stanton in the last 10 years. So it sucks to give up Montgomery, but he'd be gone. He'd be a free agent right now anyway. You'd have to pay him. Could you have a better chance at it? If he didn't trade, if he wasn't traded away, sure. But I don't I don't really hear many people clamoring right now to bring him back, that you have to bring back Montgomery. We're all focused on Yamamoto. No one's like, forget Yamamoto, bring back Montgomery. It's a bad trade, but it's uh, people fan the fans cry about it like it's the worst thing that ever happened to the Yankees. It's not. Stuart in Brooklyn, what's up, Stu Pot? I'm almost there, Chris. How are you almost today? Almost there. Almost there. We're there. We're the happy. line. Good. How are you? Happy as a pig, and you know what, right? That's right. I'm happy too. No, no. I'm. I'm, I'm with you. I want the winter to be Yama Soto. This has got Yama to happen. Soto. Yeah. That would make the winter real spectacular. And forget about Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> he wasn't going to start in the playoffs for the, for the Yankees last year. No, well, la- last year he would have. No. They didn't make the playoffs. Oh, if they would have made the playoffs, he would have started. No, he would have started. He was, two, two years ago. Two years ago, years I don't ago. know if he would have started for them or not, but they didn't lose necessarily because of their starting pitching. And they traded him for Bader, who and they Bader, thought would help them more in the best. postseason, and he did. And he hit in the postseason. Right. And he, he turned out to be he was cut right. or whatever. I I, I I just I think it's an odd trade to point like so many fans point to it as no, one of, as one of, as like an absolute disaster of Brian Cashman's. No. I don't agree. Uh-uh, it's not a good disaster. trade, no. but it's it's certainly not a disaster. The guy had a one point two OPS in the playoffs. Right. Ba- the postseason thing- Bader was a vibe. Like we all got we all loved it. Like it, we got behind it. Like yeah. I, I don't understand. But the thing is, you can't blame Cashman for that. No way. I mean, no. But well, this, this winter so far. It's looking good, and I'll, I'll, I'm happy as you. I'm as happy as you because now he finally got a power hitting, left-handed power hitter, and he, the guy's going to bring a good vibe to the clubhouse. And we finally, they finally starting to show the evil empire again. That's right. That's what we needed to be, Stu. They needed to get back to being the evil empire. They need to be back to the fans believing they could be the evil empire. Like I got a, a fool on Twitter right now who is complaining about yesterday when I talked about the toxicity of the fan base. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I don't remember saying that it was turning away potential free agents. If I did, I don't know if I feel that strongly about that aspect of it. It was just ugly around the team. It was ugly around the team. I, I'm sorry. Whatever you may think, fine. I, I, and I'm not even saying that the fans are, are wrong for being upset. I'm just saying the Yankees needed to change that. The fact of the matter was the fans are were created a toxic atmosphere. They were furious. Every every Yankee fan I know wants everybody fired. Like every Yankee fan I know hates everyone associated with the team. They hate IKF, they hate all the they hate any player who hasn't been successful. They hate the GM, they hate the manager, they hate everybody. They hate the owner. The fan base hates the team. And for a team that you can point to being the most successful by far in this city for forever, I find it a bit odd. But that's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is the fan base was toxic. The fan base didn't believe moves like this were coming down the pike anymore. 
The fan base believed that Brian Cashman did nothing but small little moves because he was determined on proving how smart he was. The fan base thought that the owner would never spend money. The, the fan base hated the team, hated the offense, hated them, hated, hated, hated. And it created a little bit of a toxic, toxic atmosphere around the team. I don't think it necessarily stopped free agents from coming here, but players on the Yankees took note. Like, that's undeniable. They took note. When they when when this fans, and I don't think it was a ton of fans, but there's a group of fans booing Judge in the playoffs, the fans took note. Uh, the players took note, excuse me. I think they needed to change the toxic atmosphere from the fan base. They needed to do a move like this to bring everybody back on board. The, the, the GM feels he has to defend himself to the point of throwing F-bombs and going crazy in a press conference. Like, just all of it. Whether he's right or wrong and how he, he went about it, that's the atmosphere that's been created where he felt that was the way to handle it, to defend himself. Like, it just needed to stop. They needed to do something that changed the way the feeling around the fan base and this team was heading. It needed to be changed. So sorry if you don't agree with that. I'm not saying the fans, I think the fans taking it too far, but that's not even my point. My point is it just needed to change whatever the reason may be. Whatever the reason may be. And the Yankees haven't done it over the last few years. This is the first move that feels like we are we will not be denied. The Yankees treated this deal. And whatever you think about it, like, oh, anyone would have traded King for this. Anyone could have done this. Oh, you know, fine. I'm not going to sit here and really argue with you today. I'm going to enjoy myself. But the fact of the matter is the Yankees made sure. Oh, anybody could have offered this package. Yeah, then why didn't the why didn't the why didn't the Padres wait? Like for all of you, I got a couple of people on Twitter. I, I, you know, a couple of people reached out to me when I put out a tweet about the what this means for the infrastructure of the farm system and how in just one year they went from all of their pitching depth was traded in a terrible Montas deal to only a year later having enough to go get Juan Soto. And really, it didn't seem like anybody else that could either spend the money or wanted to engage in the, with the Padres on Juan Soto had the pitching depth to get it done. So I put out that tweet, and a bunch of people are telling me anyone could. Every team in baseball had this package. Okay, then one, why didn't every? If the Mets had this package, why didn't they go do it? Why didn't anybody else go do it? And then let me ask you this: Why didn't the Padres wait? Where's Juan Soto going? Why didn't the Padres wait for at least the Otani shoe to drop and see what if Otani goes to the Dodgers? I, excuse me, what if Otani goes to the Blue Jays? What if the Dodgers get spurned after years of trying to get Otani? Do you don't think they would have possibly looked to get every great play? They wouldn't have gone after. They're not going to go after Yamamoto. They wouldn't have been interested in trading for Juan Soto. Why not wait? Because they like the Yankee package. Because they like the pitchers they were getting. Because they think Michael King is a damn good pitcher. They think Thorpe is a good pitcher. They think Vasquez and Brito are a good package to bring back. That's why. That's why. So, no, the Yankees deserve credit on developing the pitchers that got them Juan Soto. The Yankees deserve credit, and this pitching staff deserve, and pitching coach staff deserves credit on building up Michael King to the point where he can headline a Juan Soto deal. Michael King just headlined a Juan Soto deal. 
Maybe Blake deserves a little bit of credit. Maybe the Yankees deserve a little bit of credit. God forbid. That's what we're doing today. They're getting credit. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Eddie's in the building. Tough day for the uh, Yankee-hating part of our station. Juan Soto, and we're coming after Yamamoto, and this is is the best part of it. This is the best part of it because now they've they've pretty much fixed. The the lineup is pretty much done. I, I don't anticipate any more additions to this team. They got the fourth outfielder. They obviously got Soto. They obviously got Verdugo. They added Grisham as well as the fourth outfielder. Unless they move Gleyber Torres, uh, I think that's it. I don't expect them to add anyone to the third. I think uh, you're looking at D.J. LeMahieu at third base. You're looking at Volpe at shortstop, obviously. Uh, Peraza kind of in the mix for it. Gleyber Torres at second. And Rizzo at first. I mean, that's the line. And then, obviously, Stanton, who they're talking about, being able to mix in and match in the outfield. He's going to lean down. I'm hoping Stanton has a monster year. Like, I heard Sal and BT uh, talking earlier today, and they just... Sal literally was more upset if they got rid of Stanton as a Yankee hater. He's like, man, if they get Soto and they get rid of Stanton, like, it's like, and they get rid of Stanton. I'm telling you right now. Call me crazy. Call me the Yankee, you know, whatever. If Stanton is healthy and he can... Get into good shape and lose some weight here and stay on the field. Stan's gonna have a good year. I, be- I, I believe it. I believe what Boone is selling. I'm I'm a sucker. Right now they can sell me anything. Right now they could uh, sell a kept catch a pos- popsicle to me if I was wearing white gloves. Like I'm all about it, and I think Stan's gonna have a good year. So I think offensively they're done. It's just a matter of the starting pitching, which obviously they just traded away King, who is going to be slotted in in the top of the rotation. They need someone to pair with. Cole, they don't know about Rodon, who to me is the most important piece on this team right now. Like, if you ask me moving forward, who is the most important Yankee? Or at least the the Yankee where his season will dictate how the Yankees go? I, I think Rodon is as important as anyone. They gave him a ton of money. He was injured all last year. I mean, it's technically a chronic back issue. I think the word chronic scares people. I don't think it necessarily means... What we think it means, it means that it could pop up at any time because there's no explanation for it. He didn't slip a disc. He didn't hurt himself. He didn't do anything where it's like, okay, here is why you have pain. He's just dealing with some sort of back pain. And at any moment, it could come back. you got to stay on top of it. So hopefully he's healthy, but he never got a season off started last year. He's been injured, sure, but the, the course of his career, once he found the strike zone, he's been an excellent pitcher. He's been a big-time strikeout pitcher. He's been a big-time power pitcher. Like, if he can solidify, whether they get Yamamoto or not, if they get Yamamoto, it helps a little bit. But right now, without Yamamoto on this team, he is the most important player. He needs to be the number two behind Cole. If he's not, we're still waiting. You know, hopefully Nestor Cortez comes back. I believe in Nestor's ability. If he's healthy, I believe in Nestor Cortez. That is a solid number three starter. Right now, you've got Clark Schmidt as your four, and you know one of these kids in the minor leagues 
as of right now, is their fifth starter. So for me, unless they go out and get Yamamoto, which I still believe in, and I can't wait to, to see how this pans out. The Yankees are meeting with him on Monday. He only has a limited time. This can't go deep into the offseason. I think it's the end of – he's got like 30 days, 45 days or something before he has to sign. I think he's going to sign relatively quick this coming week. They already went to Japan, the Mets, to meet with him. The Yankees are meeting with him on Monday. This is now the most important part of the offseason for both the Yankees and Mets. But they need to figure out their rotation, the Yankees still do. And Rodon, without question, is the most important piece. The most important piece. And the Mets, it's all on Yamamoto. That's it. I don't think they're going to do anything this offseason. I wouldn't, they're going to try and just bolster their starting pitching. You're hearing it already. They are trusting the depth of this team. The offense, they are going to let third base figure it out with the handful of young players they have. I don't, I don't see them extending Pete. I don't see them trading Pete, but I don't see them extending Pete. I think that this is just the, the same offense of last year is going to be the offense this year. You would like them to add someone with a little bit of pop to be their you know, designated hitter. You could, you, they definitely could use a DH, another bat in the lineup. But I'm not sure it's going to be a name or a, a major move of adding money. This is They're all in on getting Yamamoto. That's it. That's their offseason. So let's be totally honest, Met fans. The Yankees now are coming from a point of strength. They have already made the Soto deal. They've already placated a lot of their fan base. The feeling of the Yankees being back and the Bronx Bombers and the Evil Empire and Steinbrenner willing to make mo- spend money and... and Cashman willing to make moves. That's already been solidified. They've got a Hall of Fame 25-year-old left fielder. Done, locked, sealed, delivered. And now they're coming for the one prize that you have set your eyes on. And if they steal it from you, Cohen can't lose this. Cohen cannot lose this. What does it say about the richest owner in baseball to come here, buy the Mets, be a Met fan his whole life, Take this on as a bit of a passion project. I'm listening. He wants to make money, I'm sure. But a bit of a passion project. Someone who buys Jackson Pollock's on a whim and, you know, does whatever he wants with his money. Comes over here, buys the Mets. He promises a championship. Within five years, he spent all this money. They just had a miserable disaster of of a season. Arguably one of the worst in the franchise history when you take into expectation into account. And now, in the offseason, they have targeted one player and one player alone. They've taken a step back. Otherwise, they've acquired more prospects than willing to give up. They weren't in the Juan Soto trade. They aren't really involved in some of the high price pieces. Otani, the greatest free agent in the history of baseball, the Mets haven't even really. I mean, I think they'd be open to it. He's not open to them, but still, they're not involved in that. They are targeting one player. And if the Yankees swoop in on the same offseason they traded for Juan Soto, coming off a miserable season of their own, and if they can swoop in and steal this guy away from you, what does it say about this owner? What does it say about the advantage you claim to have with all the money he has? Like, this is, a, you're still losing to the Yankees, and probably on a level you've never lost to them before, because I told you before, I was listening to Steve, uh, Steve Phillips talk about it, the Mets have never bothered to venture into this. Like, the only one I can even think of that where both were, I mean, the Yankees, to be fair, haven't done it either. Like, they didn't go after Beltron when the Mets were after Beltron, and Beltron wanted them to get in it desperately. They didn't want to get in it. So neither team has really ventured into this where full steam ahead 
both teams knowing they're competing with each other. It's it's hardly ever, if ever, happened. And Steve Cohen's coming in, his first venture into it, he decided not to go after Judge last year when he could have because he has the most money. He's not involved in Otani. The only big-time free agents he's, he's, he's bought are aging Hall of Fame pitchers. Otherwise, he's brought back t- players on his own team. I mean, he traded for Lindor and then signed him, but technically that's not a free agent signing. It's a trade and an extension. But they don't. They go after. They get Nimmo. They get McNeil. You know, they have Marte. But I'm really the, the the big free agent signings that make him special have been the two aging pitchers that failed and were traded away for prospects where he threw more money at it. So you know he's willing to spend money. You know he's got the highest payroll in baseball in the history of baseball last year. You know that he also deems on some level to have the same mindset that Hal Steinbrenner has where you don't just have to throw money at every problem if you want to win. So he's taking a step back. He's trying to develop this farm system. He does want to do it right and create a atmosphere and a franchise where winning is sustainable on its own, where he doesn't have to constantly go out and sign every free agent on the market, where we will can be built from within for a lot of the, the guys you're looking for. And teams that, you know, you mix in the free agents, but you want to build it from within. He's trying to do both. He had no pitching depth in the organization, so he threw money at the big-time short contracts in Verlander, in Scherzer. He did that so he could still have a rotation and compete for a championship without affecting the minor league system while still bringing on assets. Trade those guys away once it failed to add more assets to the team. This is a gathering effort. They go out and get the young free, the young executive in Stearns who everybody loves, who ran the organization, the Milwaukee Brewers, who don't spend nearly as much money as, as obviously the Mets or the Yankees are a high-market team. He's coming over here. It's his first year here, and he's kind of taken the let's, let's play it by ear, take some time, not go crazy, except for one player. They have targeted one player. And I'm telling you right now, if the Yankees swoop in and take them, this is going to be a bitter offseason for the New York Mets. Bitter. And what does it say about the owner? What does it say? It doesn't say he won't spend the money because I'm sure he'll offer him more. What does it say? It says his money isn't always going to get you what you want. It, it also says just because you might have the richest owner in town doesn't mean you have the best-run franchise, and it doesn't mean you're going to get every player you want, and it doesn't mean that you're ready to have the Yankees take a back seat to you just because your owner's a billionaire. But if he wins it, and he spends the most money, and he wins Yamamoto knowing that they're gonna, the Yankees are going to throw out the full red carpet, bring back all the former stars, be willing to spend $300 million to get him, and all that, all the pomp and circumstance, all the Yankee pinstripes, all the history, all that goes out the window when it comes down to write a check. Like, the dynamic of what this one player means between these two teams fighting over a a star who we've never seen pitch in Major League Baseball, a 25-year-old superstar from Japan who everybody covets, who every team in baseball is in on in some way, shape, or form, who's going who's gonna to require upwards of $300 million having never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball. Both of these teams are going at it, and what it says on who wins the battle will speak volumes moving forward between these two teams. It is a 
It is a battle years in the making, and I can't wait for it. And I cannot wait for it because we all know what's going to happen. We all know. It's the offseason of Yamasoto. I'm very sorry. I'm very, very sorry. I wish it could go different for you, Met fans. I wish you could get your guy and be happy with it and have a very nice little season. And then whoo, next year, 25-26, the Mets will be ready to take on the world. They'll probably, you know, all their prospects will come to fruition. Everyone's going to come up right at the right time. They'll spend money next offseason. They're going to hit 25-26. Acuna is going to be just like his brother or better. But not this year. Sorry. As the song said, ain't no stopping us now. This is the offseason of Yamasoto. And there ain't no stopping it. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. And then we woke up to Juan Soto. It wasn't a dream. Anything is possible. 877-337-6666. McMonagall here with you on this glorious Thursday morning. It doesn't get better than this, does it, folks? Not if you're a Yankee fan, it doesn't. But how about for you Jet fans? It doesn't get worse. As... Obviously, all the different reports surrounding the quarterback situation that's been bandied about the last couple days, waiting for the decision on what Sala was going to do to start a meaningless game. What quarterback are we going to play this week against the Texans? Got to know. It means so much. It doesn't matter which quarterback they played, and I'm disappointed they're going back to Zach Wilson. I would have absolutely gone back. I would have gone to Trevor Simeon. I would have never played Zach Wilson again because we all know the reports are true. I'm sorry. We know the story's true. We know he had hesitation to play. Whether he did or not, it doesn't matter. He's obviously going to play. He spoke to the media himself. Uh, you know, said not true. Always wanted to play. He's going to have some fun now. Which you know what? He's right. He should have some fun and take some chances. That's what they desperately need. Throw the ball down the field. He should have been inside. He should have been excited from the beginning to get the ball back. Especially now in a dead season with nothing else to prove. After watching those two miserable bum quarterbacks. Uh, play instead of you, you should have just felt like, wow, this is an opportunity to just say, F it. I'm going to go out there and throw the football with abandon and not worry about interceptions and not worry about anything. I'm just going to go throw the football, and hopefully that's what he does. But Coach Sala today, in taking the three, four, five days over it look, took to come to the conclusion, the difficult decision to play Zach Wilson, said some stuff in his press conference today, one namely that's just unbelievable. I can't wrap my mind around it. I can't wrap my mind around the idea that he would actually get up there and say something that, one, I don't think is true. Here we go again with the Zach Wilson defending. I hope this kid really does appreciate it. I hope the story was BS. I hope he did want to play immediately. I hope he ran through a freaking wall for this coach because all the coach does is time and time again defend the kid. And yet again today with his statement, when he said he was going back to Zach Wilson, he's asked again, about why they benched, benched him in the first place and why they went to Boyle. And his answer is, well, 
I always knew that Zach Wilson was the best chance to win, that he was the best player, and we had a best chance to win with Zach Wilson, but we went to Boyle for a spark. That is an asinine statement that is no way true. He is lying, or he's misspeaking. Should I say? I don't think he's lying. He doesn't understand what best chance to win means or what spark means. Like, I don't understand it. You went to Boyle for a spark, figuring the spark was the best chance to win. That's why you did it. Your season was on the line. Your life, who knows, your career is on the line. You needed to win against the Dolphins. You needed to win against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. You needed to win those games. Don't stand there and tell me that you believe Zach Wilson was the best chance to win, but you went somewhere else for a spark. You are saying that Zach Wilson wasn't good enough, so you tried a spark, hoping that the spark would give you the best chance to win. But it's more its more just nonsense that he's not even sure what the hell he's saying so that he can defend Zach Wilson. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how they defend this kid, and he still doesn't want to play. And I, again, I understand that it hasn't been easy for him, but, man, do they bend over backwards for this kid and give him every opportunity to give him another one. I wouldn't. The second he said he was he was uncomfortable starting or unsure, I'd have been like, fine. Remember those commercials? Sure, unsure, unsure, unsure. I don't know why that just popped in my head. When they have like the armpit stains? Sure, sure, sure. Unsure, unsure, unsure. I don't know why that popped into my head. But I felt like I had to say it. If he was unsure and wanted to, didn't want to show you his uh, pit stains, I would have said, keep them to yourself. You're done. What's the difference? The season's dead. But you can't tell me as a coach. And this is, I'm typically not one to get hung up. I've talked about this a lot. I don't get hung up in press conferences. Certainly not game after game press conferences. Show me a coach who's good at losing press conferences. I'll show you a loser. Like, there's no, none of them are good at it. You can't be good at a post-game press conference after a loss. It's very difficult. Unless it's a meaningless loss. If it's one of 162 and you just lost your first game of a 10-game win streak. But like a heartbreaking loss, a difficult NFL loss, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to what the coach says. I really don't. I care about what happens on the field. But this nonsense just drives me crazy. How could you possibly say that is, if you, your season on the line, you're openly saying you played people you didn't think gave you the best chance to win? You openly say that, that they others gave me. I didn't play Zach Wilson despite the fact I believed he gave me the best chance to win. I did it for a spark. Buddy, you don't understand what you're saying. The spark was what you thought was the best chance to win. That's why you did it. Just admit it. Say, listen. We Zach Wilson wasn't playing very well. Zach wasn't playing well. We thought the spark was the. We thought maybe Boyle could give us a spark and help us win a game. But now that we realize that wasn't the case, I'm going back to the more talented quarterback and Zach Wilson. Fine, fine, fine. You want to say I I went away from who I knew the most talented was because of how he was playing, and I thought maybe Boyle could bring us a spark. Fine. You can't say that he gave you the best chance to win. Stop defending this kid. He's done. What kind of head coach could honestly tell you I didn't do what I thought was best? His season's on the line. Those games aren't meaningless. Like, honestly, you can make a case. I don't think he would say this because he's not stupid. 
But I think you can honestly make a case. Brian Dable's making a decision this week with starting uh, Tommy DeVito, and he does not think it's the best-case scenario. He does not think it's the best chance to win. The best chance to win is Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's a proven quarterback. Now, he's not going to go out there and say, when asked the question, what does he say? No, DeVito gives me the best chance to win. We watch the film. And I don't necessarily think that's true, but that's what you say to not sound incompetent. We know why they're playing him, because it makes more sense to, for the storyline to see what he is. The, the, it's not about winning and losing at 4-8. and eight. It's not the most important thing. It's more important to see what DeVito is. But two weeks ago against the Dolphins, it still was the most important thing to win. The Jets were still in a position with, with, the, with the rumors swirling around Aaron Rodgers, and if he could come back, it absolutely made the most sense to play who you thought was the best chance to win. You can't tell your fan base now that you didn't. Whatever they may think. Whether they want Zach Wilson benched, whether Joe Beningo wants Zach Wilson benched, and you can't believe he wants to go back to him, whatever the case may be, whatever the fan base is, whatever the noise is, you are, you're a head coach of the football team. You're around the team, and you're telling me you didn't play the guy you thought was best? You're either dramatically not understanding what spark and best mean, or you're lying to us again to defend this kid. Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee in full defense. It's defense, defense, defense. They will not, they will not allow you to say a cross word about this kid. He is, it's, I don't understand it. He's literally tanking the guy's career. And yet, I always knew he was the best chance to win. I, I listen, if you ask me, if it, you know, just between me and you. I always thought Zach Wilson was the best chance to win. Well, then why didn't you play him? Well, we were looking for a spark. What the hell does that mean? Did you just a spark meaning what? You thought you thought Zach Wilson was so bad that maybe a spark would happen, and that's the best chance to win because you know what's happening with Zach. So you went for the spark. Like it, it's so idiotic. Now it's just a, it's just a mumbled, meaningless point of words at this point. It doesn't even matter. It's got, it's just, it doesn't even matter. But it's just so mind-numbing. It's just so mind-numbing to watch this franchise just absolutely crap all over itself and then have no idea, have no idea how to clean themselves up. No idea. They are just, they are, they are, they are a four-year-old who crapped their pants and they have no idea how to, all they have to, they don't even know how to ask to be helped. They don't even know how to yell for daddy. They don't, they have no idea. It's unbelievable to me how he could make that statement and how he thinks that that statement passes the snuff. Like, how does he possibly think he could stand up there and say, I went against what I thought was best to win in hopes of a spark? Buddy, the spark was the best chance to win, so you took it. Just say it. Say the kid sucked the last couple of weeks. I, I didn't think him playing was the best opportunity to win, so I went to Boyle for a spark. The spark never happened. And now watching those two play, I'm going back to the more talented quarterback and, and giving him another shot. That's what you say. You don't say, I, I went against what I thought was best. It's just, I mean, listen, I know it's parsing words. And at this point, the whole thing's dead. But it's just never, it's never ending defense of Zach Wilson. 
I wonder why the fans do it. I, I get all, I get killed, you know, I get put in this, I'm literally just, Flegelman is like giving me a script and I just read it because we both hate, you know, uh, we both dislike Zach Wilson as far as the player. I have no idea what kind of person he is. I'm not saying that at all. I'm sure he's a fine kid and I feel bad for him in many aspects. But like, I don't think he's a very good quarterback and I think the Jets did the right thing benching him to take a shot. I think doing what they did was absolutely the right thing to do even though it fell on their face. And going back to him, if he didn't say he was hesitant to play, going back to him is probably the right thing to do because he is the most talented quarterback, but we saw enough of his talent. It was time to chase the spark. Just don't tell me now, three weeks later, that, you know, I always knew he was the best. Uh, oh, always knew. What, what, what do you mean you always knew? It's, just, it's unbelievable. And then, you know, he's going to have fun. Go have fun. Go have fun. God help you, Jeff fans. I don't know how you're going to have fun ever again. Hopefully, hopefully this all pans itself out. This all that matters is Aaron, Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge. All that matters is Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he can be healthy next year and lead this team. And what you do with the draft picks, how you help bolster this offensive line, what other weapons you give Aaron Rodgers. Because I, I don't think you're making changes. I think this coach is told to to defend Zach Wilson at any cost. And if he's being told that and doing it, I'm, there's probably promises made. He's coming back. Douglas is coming back. Hackett's coming back. Rodgers is coming back. And hopefully that's a winning formula because all of those pieces with Zach Wilson are not. Or Boyle are not. Or Simeon are not. They need a world-class quarterback to make that group work. And they're lucky they have one. 877 877- Three three seven sixty six sixty six. But I see the phone calls. I know it's a Yankee day. I just had to get off that off my chest. I just had to get it off my chest. The, co- the coach said he didn't do what was what was best for the team, and then tried to throw a spark in there. Like you know, can't have a fire without a spark. I know Bruce Springsteen told me, but you also can't tell me that the spark wasn't the best chance. That's what you thought. You thought going away from Zach Wilson was the best chance. Why can't you say it? Who is holding the strings? Who is making sure not a go- not a damn thing is said wrong about this kid? Why can't he go into the press conference and just say, I'm going back to Zach because he's the most talented. Well, why did you bench him two weeks ago? Because he was playing like trash, and I thought Boyle might give us a better chance. Why can't that be said? Why does it have to be, well, I was looking for a shot in the dark, so I sat the guy I knew was better? <laughs> why do you have to say that? Drives me nuts. 